Today on the Dominic Enyar Show, following the Buffalo shooting, the media starts putting out hit pieces against Tucker Carlson, saying that his racism is what's responsible for the shooting. We'll talk about why that's absurd and why we should not pay attention to the opinions of mass murderers. All that and more right here on the Dominic Enyar Show. Greetings to the brightest audience in the country and welcome to the Dominic Enyart Show. As you've by no doubt heard, there was a shooting in Buffalo that left 10 locals dead at a supermarket. Just tragic stuff. And of course, the media did what the media does best. And they played politics using the dead victims' bodies as props to attack their ideological opponents. Mere minutes after the story broke, the top of Twitter's trending section had number one, Tucker Carlson. Carlson was trending higher than even the shooting itself there for a while. And the left, quickly as anything, was reporting on how this shooter was radicalized by Tucker Carlson and the conservative right to go and shoot up this grocery store and it's just as absurd as everything else the left comes up with here on the dominic enyart show we aren't big fans of fox news or tucker carlson by any means but we do want to defend people when appropriate and tucker carlson has been uh, you know oh he's been promoting white replacement theory Ooh, oh wow and you can't talk about white replacement theory and that's why this person killed everyone and that that's the line the left is taking and the left has been pointing to this shooter's manifesto which is filled to the brim with incoherent gibberish and self-refuting self-contradictory nonsense and the media, the left, they've been giving a lot of weight to this manifesto. Now, I, I want to talk about the left and what they're trying to say and why it's crazy and absurd and all that. But first, something worth pointing out. There are always these shootings that make it into the news, but maybe every once a year or so, one of the shooters writes a big, long manifesto and uses his shooting to get his manifesto a lot of attention and publicity. No one should ever read these manifestos, ever, no matter what. That should be the default position. We do not read these manifestos. When someone goes and shoots up a church and leaves a manifesto behind in his wake of bodies, it should be given zero consideration, zero attention, zero consideration, maybe in as much as it's needed to, you know, in a, in a legal battle to be evidence against him. But other than that, zero consideration, not worth looking at, not even spending three minutes with it. So pretty much if you, if you already have a lot of evidence, you have the guy, yep, yep, it's him. When you find one of those manifestos, just throw it directly into the trash. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Go directly to the trash. Because when we all take these people and their ideas seriously, we're teaching other potential killers, 
hey, if you shoot up a school, you're going to become famous and you're going to make it on the news and people are going to hear about you and they're going to hear about your ideas. And very possibly they, you know, that might be something that, you know, if they're right there on the edge weighing the pros and cons of shooting up the someone out in public, that might just be the thing that tips them over the edge. They might think, yeah, well, you know, it was 50-50, probably wasn't going to do it. Uh, but then since, Hey, you know, these other people are doing it and they're all getting a platform, you know, Hey, Hey, I'll do it. And this isn't just hearsay on my part. I'm not going to mention the specific instances because I don't want to give them any attention either, but in police interrogation tapes of a lot of shootings, very often they find out that the killers have massive interests in a lot of other shootings and terrorist attacks and like the the Columbine shooting for example that was you know really the first you know big school shooting and there's a lot of school shooters following that they've taken tremendous interest in Columbine and that's certainly one of the things that pushed them to go through with it there was one murderer a few years back there were two two kids, both of them murderers, and they went and murdered one of their friends. And one of them was wearing the same. I don't I don't recall if it was a natural selection shirt or maybe a survival of the fittest shirt. And it was the same one the one of the Columbine shooters was wearing. And those two kids, they filmed themselves in their preparation, getting ready to kill their friend, and. You know, it was their friend. It wasn't even someone that they had, they had any issues with. They were just like, oh, well, we, we got to kill somebody because, you know, we're not even mad at our friend, but we're going to we're going to kill our friend. And sure enough, they went and they killed their friend. And what do you know? Turns out they both had a huge fascination with Columbine and those killings. And so, you know, this is it's not something that's, you know, there was that other big shooting in the news just a few years ago, the, the school shooting. And there's a tape of uh, the cops that the cops recovered from the shooter's phone where he had deleted it. And so they had to go in and, and recover it. And in the video, he filmed himself talking about his plan to shoot up the school. And he said, oh, by this time tomorrow, the world is going to know my name. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be on the news. And everyone's no one knows about me now, but everyone's going to know about me. And so what I'm saying, it's not just hearsay, The these murderers they very blatantly say yeah you know hey i'm interested in that other stuff and i want to be famous so that's one reason i'm gonna i'm gonna you know do this attack and so it's very important that we don't we don't play into that by any means so certainly if there's people on the edge when we give shooters murderers a platform it encourages new potential killers to move forward with it and go through with their wickedness. So that's why it's, you know, my policy, you know, I want to give them as little attention as possible. You know, you don't want to disrespect the victims. So certainly, you know, you want to address that. So unless it's necessary, I don't like to use 
killers' names. I don't like to read their manifestos. I encourage others to not use their names. To other, I encourage others to not read their manifestos. I don't like to give them the slightest hint of respect. I don't like to give their opinions any weight. I think they should be ignored and discarded, which... The media, they are very eager to give lots of respect and weight to the opinions of murderers. You know, you see that all the time. There is just that. I I don't recall off the top of my head. I think it was a child molester and a murderer. And the, uh, the media, when they were reporting on that, they paid extra attention to be careful not to use the murderer child molester's uh, you know, the wrong pronoun. So it was a transgender, and they were careful to use the correct, and by correct I mean incorrect, pronouns because they really cared about what you think. And it's just you don't need to give these freaks any sort of respect whatsoever. So that's my fan. I try and I try and be very degrading towards them, um, t- towards these murderers. By the way, we're not big fans of Fox News. Also, you know, if you've been listening for a while, you'll know that we aren't big Trump fans either. Trump gave Planned Parenthood funding at Barack Obama levels. He's also insulted God. He's insulted Christianity and made a mockery out of it. So we don't support Trump. I think he's very flippant. But he said one phenomenal thing during his presidency, which... It was really profound. You know, these killers who pop up in the news every now and then, he said, we shouldn't call them, you know, we shouldn't say like, oh, these monsters or, oh, these killers and terrorists. No, let's not call them monsters because that makes them feel good about themselves. It gives them a sick pleasure that they feel powerful. And so Trump said, I call them losers. They're a bunch of losers. And You know, for how much I dislike Trump, I thought that was really profound. And so credit where credit is due, you know, I'll do that, too. I'm going to I'm good calling them losers. And so this loser in Buffalo, uh, this loser writes a 180 page manifesto. And the media was so quick to read through this, publish it, and try and twist it and say, oh, look, this loser was a conservative Christian who was a racist, radicalized by the far right. He certainly was a racist. That is true. But they say he was a conservative Christian radicalized by the far right, specifically radicalized by Tucker Carlson. And uh, quick side note, Tucker Carlson is not on the far right. He is... If you've been listening to this show for a while, you will know that Tucker is not, you know, the, you know, the, uh, a big figurehead of conservatism, right? He's, he's famous, that's for sure, but he definitely does not have the Christian conservative morals that people who are actually conservatives have. And so I'm now in this weird position where I don't want to talk about this loser's manifesto at all. I don't want to give it any attention, but the left, they're using it as a hit piece on Republican talking heads, and, you know, I I want to defend people from false accusations, and so the best way to defend these Republican talking heads is to read it and see what it says, and if it says that those Republicans radicalized them, well, you know, that's 
pretty compelling evidence that the media and the left are correct. So it it makes me want to read the manifesto, but at the same time, I don't want to give it any attention. And so, you know, leave it to the left to put you in a really gross position. And I I decided, you know, I, I myself, I'm not going to sit down and read through this madman's ravings and his ramblings. But luckily, there have been conservatives who have read the ramblings, which I don't endorse. I would encourage them not to do that in the future going forward. But for this instance, I'm lucky because it makes my job easier walking that line. And I've seen posts with little snippets of the manifesto here and there, you know, just on Twitter. Follow me there, by the way, at Dominic Inyart. And these snippets make a few things very clear. One, this guy was not a conservative. He was not definitely not a conservative. He criticized political conservatism. He said, depending on the definition, he might even consider himself a socialist. So that's as far from you know being a conservative as you can get. This guy was not a Christian. That's the second thing. Number two, he was not a Christian. He said he was going to regret doing this. And one could assume he thought he would die in the process, right? That, that typically happens. So if you're going to regret something and you think you're going to die, that'd be regret in the afterlife. So he certainly didn't make peace with his maker in doing this. So no, he was not a Christian. And then three, the third thing, this guy mentions a specific liberal host and claims verbatim that was the guy who radicalized him, not Tucker Carlson, not a conservative host. But that other random host, I've never heard of him. That was the guy who radicalized this shooter. And, I, and I'm not going to play this cheap thing of going after that guy and say, oh, that guy's guilty of murder. I'm sure he he defends abortion just because all the liberal talking heads, they're all pro-choice. So I would assume he he is guilty in that sense. But I'm not going to, you know, pin any blame on that guy for this most recent shooting. I think that'd be a bridge too far with the limited information I have. And so I want to talk about the manifesto as little as possible, but it seems necessary in the pursuit of truth, just to make those few points. Uh, this guy certainly was not conservative. He certainly was not Christian, certainly not a Tucker Carlson fan. And it seems that replacement theory, like white replacement theory, was uh, the big motive of this loser shooter. And replacement theory, you know, the white replacement theory, I'll say, is the idea that whites are being replaced in America by minorities. And so, oh, that's terrible. And so we have to do something to stop that. And then, you know, this guy goes and shoots up a grocery store in a black neighborhood and the media with how they spin things, they're going to have a field day with that there. And so now Tucker Carlson, he's talked a lot about how the left has crazy immigration policies and how they want to bring in thousands of new voters. And that's what Tucker has said on the issue. And Tucker's point is essentially if you have Americans, say you have 10 Americans and they all have one vote each, each vote is, uh, you know, relatively powerful. Each vote is a tenth of the entire voting system in my little example here. And if you flood that voting system with a lot of new voters, 
all the votes, they will lose tremendous value. So if you have 10 votes in your voting system, each vote is worth one-tenth of the entire system. If you add in 90 more voters to that system, so now you have 100 voters, your vote is now worth one one-hundredth of the voting system. It is, you know, <laughs> it's the supply and demand of the voting system. And, you know, I'm against voting just on principle. We don't have the right to vote on our God-given rights. But, you know, if we're going to start with the assumption that we're using the voting system and that it's proper, Tucker is obviously correct here, right? You flood the system with a surplus of votes, all the votes are going to become less powerful. That's just obvious, and, you know, Tucker... That, that's what Tucker is against. And he's obviously correct about that. It's, it's hardly something you can even debate. And so the left, what do they do? What, they do what they always do. They, they take that and say, you know, oh, look, he's, he's a racist. He wants white people to be in power and he hates minorities. And he's the one who convinced this guy to go shoot up this grocery store in a black neighborhood. That's, that's the spin on it that the, the media is putting. And that's how they're attacking Tucker. And now Tucker, who's not a racist, when he's talking about flooding the voting system, he hasn't mentioned race even once. And I don't say that as, you know, oh, someone who's watched and followed Tucker Carlson for years or anything like that. But the left, as they so often kindly do, put together a compilation of Tucker Carlson talking about replacement theory and, oh, how racist Tucker Carlson is. Uh, we'll go ahead and play this compilation as we do so. We'll insert a little bleep for each sound effect between each different clip because when they put this together, they made it hard to tell the clips apart from each other. But as we go through all these clips, which the left the left put together, they were the ones who put this together as like a, a hit piece against Tucker to show how racist he is. As we listen through, try to notice what he never, not even once, mentions. Try and, as we're listening through, see if you can hear what Tucker does not mention. Now, I know that the left and all the little gatekeepers on Twitter become literally hysterical if you use the term replacement. If you suggest that the Democratic Party is trying to replace the current electorate, the voters now casting ballots, with new people, more obedient voters from the third world. But they become hysterical because that's that's what's happening, actually. Let's just say it. That's mm. true. Let's say that again for emphasis, because it is the secret to the entire immigration debate. Demographic change is the key to the Democratic Party's political ambitions. In other words, you're being replaced and there's nothing you can do about it. So shut up. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to change the population of the United States. And they hate it when you say that because it's true. Our country's being invaded by the rest of the world. Let me just state unequivocally, the country's being stolen from American citizens as we watch. In political terms, this policy is called the great replacement, the replacement of legacy Americans with more obedient people from faraway countries. So what does he not mention, not even one time in that entire you know, series of clips that the left put together. He does not mention race. Not once does he mention race. He doesn't uh, mention it. Not one time he doesn't say, you know, oh, here are the population percentages between whites and blacks and Asians and Hispanics and so on. He doesn't say, you know, hey, look at the percentage of white Americans is going down and how sad that is. He says nothing 
nothing even remotely like that. Even in the left's hit piece exposing Tucker Carlson, even in their edited garbage of video, even that doesn't show any racism. Nothing that could even be, you know, accidentally confused with racism. And the media, uh, and this, that, that little clip, those clips that we just played, that was from The Independent. The media is trying to manipulate you and insulting your intelligence and claiming that various immigration policies, of all things, somehow make you a racist and that not wanting to flood the voting system somehow that makes you a racist. And so Tucker somehow is guilty of radicalizing this shooter. They, they jump to conclusions, not me. Don't ask me to make sense of their madness. Uh, now, uh, I know when talking about replacement theory that Tucker didn't mention, he, he, he never talks about race, even though I don't watch him all the time. I know that because even in, in the left's video, their hit video, they don't show him mentioning race. And, you know, if they're, they're obviously, if he mentions race talking about replacement theory, they are obviously going to highlight that and show that at the, the forefront of everything. And so they didn't use that in their clip. So it, it didn't happen. And I'm sure that he, he doesn't talk about race when talking about replacement theory. Notice, by the way, we put in little bleeps in between those audio clips there. And notice how little time they give to Tucker and how they don't give him any context in that. Actually, let's go ahead and play that again, this compilation. Last time we were paying attention to see what he didn't mention, and he didn't mention race. Now let's go through this again and notice just how little time they give to each clip. Let's, let's go ahead and hear this now. Now, I know that the left and all the little gatekeepers on Twitter become literally hysterical if you use the term replacement, if you suggest that the Democratic Party is trying to replace the current electorate, the voters now casting ballots, with new people, more obedient voters from the third world. But they become hysterical because that's that's what's happening, actually. Let's just say it. That's mm. true. Let's say that again for emphasis, because it is the secret to the entire immigration debate. Demographic change is the key to the Democratic Party's political ambitions. In other words, you're being replaced and there's nothing you can do about it. So shut up. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to change the population of the United States. And they hate it when you say that because it's true. Our country's being invaded by the rest of the world. I mean, the state unequivocally, the country's being stolen from American citizens as we watch. In political terms, this policy is called the great replacement, the replacement of legacy Americans with more obedient people from faraway countries. <laughs> so half those clips were like four seconds long. That's that's crazy. Uh, talking talk about being afraid of someone's idea. They talk about something for an entire segment and you're showing four seconds taken out of context, even out of context. They aren't racist, but in context, it's even clearer if you go back and look at those clips that it isn't racism, not at all. And by the way, it's funny that the um, the left there, it is true that the population, the percentage of whites in America is going down, which I don't think too much about. Um, but it, the left, they champion that. They, they, they talk about how happy they are that the population of the uh, of 
of whites in America, the percentage wise is going down and they brag about that. And they talk about how thrilled they are about that. So if anything, it's the left who is, you know, perpetuating this idea that, you know, Oh, Hey, like whites are being replaced. So it's all nonsense. But, um, notice with this clip and notice going forward, just when you see clips from the media and when you watch videos online, I noticed this as an editor. I'd edit a lot of audio and video clips in my years working here at KGov. And I notice online, you know, you have like a cable news person or, you know, a YouTube video, whatever it is from the media. And they make so many edits and you pay attention. If you pay attention pretty much every time you know, the camera switches angles or whatever it is, or they, they chop chop it up this way and that way. They're always making edits, cutting stuff up, uh, putting stuff in, taking stuff out, making whoever they want to seem as bad as possible. And that with Tucker here, you know, they give him four seconds to get all out of context. And so intellectually dishonest to say he's talking about race with all that. By the way, here at the Dominic Enyart show, before... Uh, starting this show, you know, I, I'm I was an editor. I would I worked for Bob and Yart Live. You know, uh, we would record shows live as they were airing, and then I would actually clean them up a bit here and there. Not much, you know, some behind the scenes stuff, putting a commercial on the end of the show or something like that. And occasionally, and that'd be for the website, it'd go up on the website. And occasionally, I'd edit what we'd say inside the show. And Bob, my father and predecessor, he would debate liberals or, you know, evolutionists, whoever. And they sounded so unbelievably stupid that I felt bad for them. I felt bad for them and I would edit them to make them sound smarter. I did that in debate. I would make them sound smarter. My father, Bob, would ask them a question and they'd take like four seconds before thinking of an answer and trying to squeeze out some answer and which on which on air, four seconds of silence, that's an eternity. And I would cut that down to about one second because I wanted them to sound smarter than they actually were. I would pride myself on being the only editor I had ever known to make our opponents sound better than they were. And that's because here at Bob and Yart Live and the Dominic Enyart Show, we are so confident in our ideas and the validity of our arguments We don't have to resort to the underhanded tactics that the media does, like deceptively editing things in and out like the media does. I was just on Fox News, what was it, last last Tuesday, maybe two Tuesdays ago, I'm getting mixed up here, and the interview, they interviewed me, it was maybe a, I think we played it here on the show, the interview when we were doing it, I was filming, so I, I have the entire thing, we were filming for maybe about... I don't know, three, four, five minutes, and they ended up using two sentences. And so it was just kind of funny to see firsthand like how much they, they do chop stuff up. So yeah, when you're watching the news, keep that in mind. How many edits do they make and how many video transitions, how often do they cut to a different angle, all that stuff. Uh, we put in a bleep there for you guys to hear every time they were uh, editing something and how they rip Tucker out of context. So very disingenuous. But when truth is on your side, you don't need to be disingenuous. You can have confidence in your position, especially, you know, when you're arguing and you're right about something, it really helps you 
in debate. And so that's why, you know, we have the Bible, we have the word of God. <laughs> so it's pretty easy for us to be right. And we don't have to result to dirty, underhanded tactics like that. Hey, I am about out of time. If you want to support us, go to kigov.com. Consider going to kigov.com, sponsoring a show. That'd be so appreciated. Join me again here tomorrow, same time, same place, for the Dominic Inyart Show. We always, on Mondays, we do the broadcast classics of the late, great Bob Inyart and Bob Inyart Live. Tuesdays and Wednesdays with me, the Dominic Inyart Show. On Thursdays, we have Theology Thursday, which is always a blast. And then on Fridays, we have Real Science Radio with Fred Williams. So always join us for that. Same time, same place, weekdays. And then Sundays at Agape Kingdom Fellowship Bible study starts at 9.30 and that will go for about an hour. And then we have the a little break and then the sermon starting at 11 through noon. It's always a lot of fun. Really great, small, excited church that's growing and it's a lot of fun. So highly encourage you to come check it out. Hey, this is Dominic Enyart reminding you guys to do right and risk the consequences. May God bless you.